0: CJSW presents Body Slam Poetry, an eight part podcast series about Calgary and Alberta's wrestling legacy in the current independent scene. Calgary is truly one of the wrestling capitals of the world. I have long held the belief that the first time a lot of people outside of Canada hear about Calgary is through ring introductions for Bret Hart, as I mentioned on episode one. Not to repeat my past material. To confirm this theory, I had on former R.C.W. Women's Champion and burgeoning star Ava Lawless. In addition to being a pillar of the Calgary Indie scene, she's also been wrestling for Seattle Indie Wrestling promotion Defy, which is one of the top Indie promotions in the world today and has launched stars such as Darby Allin and Swerve Strickland, both currently former champions for AEW or All Elite Wrestling. When Ava wrestled for Defy for the first time...
1: A funny story is when I went to Defy for the first time, I was actually filling in for someone because they had to like take care of others' things. And I knew that going in there, they didn't know who I was. You know, it's a new city. It's a new country. Um, And I just know that my reach doesn't get that far. And so I knew that I had to impress them. But when I was on the ropes, they said, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I heard the crowd go, oh. And it was like, in that moment, I was like, thank you, Bret Hart. Thank you, Owen. (laughs) Like, Thank you, everyone. Because I knew that the second that they said Calgary, they were like, oh let's let's pay attention to this chick um and sometimes i feel like that's um you know, big shoes to fill. It definitely is big shoes to fill. Um and I have up until maybe last month billed myself from Ottawa because that's where I was born. Okay. But um my training all happened in Alberta and I live in Calgary and I feel such a deep connection to Calgary. Like this is my home. I love it more than anything. I would never leave it unless I absolutely had to, which means a contract or something. But <laughs> but um <laughs> I started billing myself from Calgary because I was like, you know, like people know me as the girl from Ottawa, but I want to be known as the girl from Calgary because this is where I call home.
0: If that doesn't tell you that Calgary is known as a wrestling capital of the world, I don't know what else to tell you. Well, actually, I do have some other things to tell you as I want to make this episode longer than three minutes. Episode three, Calgary's Wrestling Legacy. I've interviewed many wonderful people in this podcast, some of whom you've heard from already and some of you will hear in coming episodes. One of the questions I posed to everyone I interviewed was, what is Calgary's wrestling legacy? Across the board, people said Stu Hart, Bret Hart, and the Hart family as a whole. Which includes, i going to take a deep breath. Stu Hart, Helen Hart, Smith Hart, Bruce Hart, Keith Hart, Wayne Hart, Dean Hart, Brett Hart, Ross Hart, Diana Hart, and Owen Hart. <sighs> okay, that doesn't even include the children and the next generation members of the family who entered the business like Natalia Neidhart, who's the daughter of Elizabeth Hart, or Ellie, a daughter of Stu and Helen's who's never, who's never wrestled, who's in business, and Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who was Brett's tag team partner in the 80s, part of the original incarnation of the Hart Foundation, uh, Teddy Hart, who's the son of Georgia Hart, another daughter of Stu and Helen's who never entered the business, and Teddy would later become the youngest wrestler ever signed to the WWE, Davy Boy Smith Jr., or Harry Smith, the son of the British Bulldog and Dinah Hart, who's wrestled in WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Tyson Kidd, who is the final graduate of the Heart Dungeon and who later married Natalia. His in-ring career was cut short due to injury, but who remains an agent for WWE and a beloved and truly knowledgeable modern wrestling mind. And Mad Hart, the son of Smith Hart, who is currently wrestles a part of the Alberta Independent Wrestling Circuit, such as RCW or Real Canadian Wrestling. Okay, I'll stop this 23 Me deep dive. Who am I, Henry Louis Gates Jr.? Look it up, that's a reference for like two people tops but those two people are loving it i was honored to interview ross hart for this series and this is what he said about calgary's wrestling
2: legacy in particular tied to his brother brett i think brett was uh probably the biggest name that ever came out of calgary and people had the only thing they had ever known maybe about calgary about that before that was the calgary flames and they'd only been a franchise for maybe two three years you know and they and they didn't make the playoffs for quite a few years, you know, but that was about the only uh, exposure there was to Calgary and maybe our stampede in July, right, you know, and again, uh, a lot of people had never actually experienced that, and then when they saw when they saw Brett build, you know, as, as from Calgary, Alberta, uh, and then they made references to the dungeon where he trained in Calgary, that gave Calgary so much uh, exposure, right, and, and it kind of put it on the map. Let's just take a step back from the pro wrestling stuff for a
0: second, but only for one second. The show is called Body Slam Poetry, after all, not Poetry Poetry. The family profession. Think of that. Maybe your papa is a plumber. Maybe your mama is a medic. Or any other sort of alliteration. Come up with your own at home. But just imagine, dear listener, if your family business was the pro wrestling business, how cool would that be? That was Ross Hart's reality growing up, and this is what he had to say.
2: It's exciting because so I knew that's what my dad's occupation was. So a lot of kids grow up and they they um, they're fascinated by what their parents do, you know, as a as a career, you know, whether they're painters or you know mechanics or uh, you know if your mom's a teacher or a nurse, you know, uh, kids kids are very fascinated with what their parents do. And for me, you know. Uh, our lives evolved around the wrestling business. My, my dad was the promoter, uh, but I knew he was a wrestler himself, too, and he used to train guys in the basement, and that was an important uh, thing he did every week. You know, when he took time away from office duties, he would be uh, working out in the basement some evenings or sometimes on weekends, and my mom was working in the office, and she, she was, uh, you know, uh, looking after everything from uh, phone calls to the payroll, uh, the accounting, bookkeeping, and and they were doing that while they were raising 12 kids and getting all of us fed and off to school every day and uh, driving us to and from uh, our, our wrestling practices or wherever we had to go and uh, so um, our whole lives evolved around wrestling because uh, my parents... Resided at the house and that's where the wrestling office was and that's where we lived as well So and then we would always be anticipating uh, the big Friday night You know when there'd be the television tapings and uh, big cards at the pavilion, but um, You know there were shows every day, you know if like six out of seven days a week there were cards out of town So my parents uh, there were their work was never uh, finished. There'd be phone calls going all the time wrestlers uh, calling uh, you know, to get booked for my dad. You know, guys that wanted to come in and wrestle for us, and then uh, uh, other promoters calling my dad. Uh, you know, to discuss business deals and uh, exchanging talent and things like that. So uh, there's so much activity based on the wrestling, and and uh, it was all kind of on the, the the second highest floor, I guess, of our house. That's where my parents' office was, and that's where. Uh, uh, most of the bedrooms, where my bedroom was right next to uh, the office, so you know I would always hear uh, uh, my parents, you know, uh, doing business, my mom answering all the phone calls, and my sister's bed. Two of my sister's bedrooms were on the same floor as my parents, and then on the very top floor were, were my older brother's rooms. But uh, um, everything kind of uh, centered on on wrestling, you know. So so for me that was very exciting, you know, and and I. Grew up with that, especially when I was about four or five years old, you know. And uh, I was just kind of surrounded by it. And then you know, I, I would go to school in the daytime. When I came home from school, you know, my first first person I would see, you know, working in the office with my mom and my dad, you know, and they would greet me after I'd come home from school. And uh, you know, I knew they were they were working still in the office, you know. So uh, I, would, I would always want to catch up on what was going on with wrestling and what new wrestlers were coming and. Uh, you know, and, and anticipating the, the big matches, you know, the headline matches uh, at the Pavilion on, on the Friday. So we always look forward to that. Of course, it was the start of the weekend, too. So, so for, for me, that was an exciting part of my childhood.
0: It's become a cliche to say, but truly, that is living the dream. But enough about the hearts for now. Well, the hearts are obviously very important to Calgary and wrestling history as a whole. They are not the only wrestling family in Calgary. Oh, wait, excuse me. Let me try that again. Calgary Wrestling has more than one family. Okay, that's enough, Downstate. Yes, I'm talking about the Sings. The Patriarch is the great Gamma Singh, a top attraction in stampede wrestling in the 70s and 80s, winning the British Commonwealth Mid-Heavyweight Championship six times, the International Tag Team Championship three times, and the World Mid-Heavyweight Championship three times gama singh's nephew is current wwe superstar and former wwe champion jinder mahal who fun fact holds a business degree in communications and culture from our very own university of calgary shout out ufc finally there's the cousin of jinder mahal and son of gama singh current impact wrestling star raj singh who was honored to speak to for body slam poetry what did he have to say about being a second generation wrestler I mean, there's not
3: very many of us that are second gen or third generation, but my dad was, um, I mean, uh, I'm going to say this as humbly as I can. My dad was a big star in the wrestling world. Um, So growing up, you know, I wanted to do what my dad did. (laughs) And he was a wrestler. Um, I see him on TV. I see him at all the live shows. So. You know, it was in my DNA to just become a wrestler.
0: Since wrestling was part of his daily life at an early age, you can understand why Raj Singh would want to enter the family business.
3: I mean, for me, it was normal, you know. So when I talk to other people and they're like, professional wrestling, wrestling, that's, that's different, that's something. But to me, not being involved in professional wrestling is weird and not normal. So... So for me, it was all you know, whenever my brothers and I had, like, toys or whatever, it was always a part of a wrestling hmm. little mini-promotion in our mind, our imagination. So wrestling for me was literally every single day. I, I always knew that I was going to be a wrestler at some point. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. Um, so whenever I was in school or, you know, I played, I played hockey and I did a few other things, like I boxed and I did amateur wrestling and everything, but everything always was catered towards... Uh, I got to conduct myself properly because I want to be a professional wrestler. And even though I had, like, my opportunities to play, like, high-level hockey and, you know, get a scholarship and all that stuff, I... wrestling was home for me. So I, I knew as a kid that's what I was going to do. And, like, going to school... I mean, don't don't take... Don't look at me to be an influence here. Like, uh, I was a bad student no. at the time. As we're in a university. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a bad student at the time, but... Like for anybody that wants to be a wrestler, anything like whatever it may be, you want to be a wrestler, entertainer, sportsman of any type. You know, I should have been a little bit of a better student, but I was going through the motions. Yeah, knowing what I was. What, gonna, what your
0: real passion was, I I relate to that honestly. Yeah. I mean, not to say I'm a bad student too, but just you know, <laughs> you've got your extracurricular activities that you've got more of a passion for, and yeah, kind of go through the motions of like math or any of this other. Absolutely, you know, like
3: I'm sitting there, listening, I'm listening to the lecture, and I understand what's going on, but at the same time, I'm sitting there like drawing my little Doodling. costume of what I'm going to wear <laughs> on TV one day and stuff like that.
0: I relate. Oh, I probably shouldn't be saying it on a university radio station's podcast. Whoops. Raj continue on about his training journey.
3: So, uh, it was, uh, I was, I was hitting a, a little bit of turbulence with some hockey and then, um, like I still had, I, I was supposed to move to the States and then, uh, my dad just asked me like, well, I talked to my dad, we had a few conversations and then he just hit me with, uh, hey, do you want to start training? Bad news is training. And, uh, your cousin Raj is in there. And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, okay, so, but I'm one of those guys that, like, if I'm training today, like, I start today, like, I'm fully in. I'm not going to have one leg in, one leg out, so yeah, I waited, like, as soon as my dad said, uh, yeah, I guess you can get started, the following weekend I was in the ring.
0: The year 2004 is when Raj Singh's wrestling career began, being trained by Bad New Zealand and Jerry Morrow, who was another Stampede wrestling vet. Here's Raj explaining it.
3: 2005, um, Bruce Hart uh, found out that my cousin and I were wrestling, and they were reviving Stampede Wrestling Mm. at the uh, Ogden Legion, which was running for a few years already. And we always looked up to the guys like TJ and Harry, Natty, Ted, Duke Duke, Durango. The new Hart legacy. Of course, yeah. And then even like the other guys like uh, Duke Durango, Dean Durango, Johnny Devine. These are guys I grew up watching, Aiden, Sin Pringle. And, um... I was like, I'm dying to get in the ring with them. And we tell Bruce, we're wrestlers. And Bruce says, all right, we got you guys. You want to come have a match? Sure, no problem. This would be like, not a trial. I was like, we're going to have a look at you guys. They threw us into the main event with Harry and TJ, first night. So our third match ever was Harry and TJ. We went back to back to back with them, three nights. Then uh, Harry went to Japan. We worked with Teddy. And then from there, we got called for a trip uh, by Johnny Devine, who wanted to drive us up to uh, Thunder Bay. Stop in Winnipeg, do a show, drive to Thunder Bay, do a show, come back, have a good journey. We get to Winnipeg, and they put us in with Kenny Omega on the first night. Oh like, Oh, God. man. So oh. we were like, right away, we are thrown to the wolves.
0: Imagine one of your first matches in your career being with Winnipeg sports great and arguably the best modern wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega. Who is Kenny Omega, you might ask? Justin Roberts, take it away. He has held, frankly, an amount of singles titles. He is a two-time never-overweight six-man tag team champion and two-time
2: KOD six-man tag team champion. He, had the longest reign of 346 days, as AEW world champion. He is a PWI top 500 number
0: one ranked wrestler, wrestling observer wrestler of the year, and a sports illustrated wrestler of the year. While well, he sometimes uses the airport and no! His only go-to candy bar is always the Charleston Chew. Okay, you get the point. Thank you, Justin. Raj Singh remarked to me during the interview that when he has seen Harry Smith in the years since, they often think back to those early matches in 2005 and how they were some of the favorite matches either of them had ever had. It might not have been a capacity hockey arena, but for those captive indie wrestling crowds held everywhere from legion halls, bingo halls, to gymnasiums, they performed like it was their WrestleMania moment and the crowd treated it as such. Raj Singh started wrestling outside of Calgary, even outside of Canada, wrestling multiple days a week in Puerto Rico for a time under the legendary Carlos Colon. He needed that experience to become a more well-rounded wrestler. Raj explained it to me like this. One of the
3: guys said to me when I was growing up is like, you gotta geographically castrate yourself. You can't stay in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stay in Calgary if you wanna make it to TV. No. So like again, I would go wrestle in Vancouver for All-Star where my dad had a name. And then I would get flown over to uh, and this is my cousin and I. Then I'd get flown over to Montreal or Ottawa, we do shows and we come back, and then we go back again the following weekend to do Toronto, and then we come back. And so we were lucky with that. And then um, Canada is also tough because the landscape, you know, so far, you know, yeah. and and, and flights aren't cheap either for promoters. You know, if you want to fly a wrestler from Florida to California, you're talking about $70 round trip. So those guys can fly their names in and have like all the shows they want in America. But for Canada, if I want to get a flight from Vancouver to Calgary, it's like 600 bucks round trip. Promoter is, he doesn't want to do that.
0: Yeah. That's true.
3: So it's very tough. Or you want to drive the 12 hours and then you're going to wrestle. Most guys ain't making enough money to make it worth it. So you're really just going there to actually wrestle in front of new fans.
0: Wrestlers like Raj Singh will always remember where they came from. But to advance in their career and hope to get signed to a big time promotion like today with Impact, which can be seen in Canada on the Fight Network and Game TV, you have to leave the nest. Speaking of Impact Wrestling, someone who Raj Singh works with at Impact is Calgary wrestling legend Lance Storm. Storm started his career in 1990 at the Hart Brothers Wrestling Camp, where he became friends with fellow student and Winnipeg's own legend Chris Jericho, who is still wrestling at a high level today in AEW. Storm would wrestle for ECW, or Extreme Championship Wrestling, WCW, World Championship Wrestling, and finally the WWE where he was the Intercontinental Champion and a four-time Tag Team Champion with partners such as Christian Cage and William Regal. Once Storm retired, he started his own wrestling school called the Storm Wrestling Academy, which was one of the pre-animate wrestling schools in North America. Storm helped train the next generation of international wrestling stars, including Taya Valkyrie, Tyler Breeze, Emma, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Biff Busick, Chelsea Green, to list only a few. Storm Wrestling Academy existed for 14 years in Calgary before it had to close down its doors. But Storm continues to impart his knowledge as an agent and coach at Impact Wrestling for wrestlers like Raj Singh.
3: Yeah, it's great, man. We have a great relationship because he's also very hard on me because he knows where I come from. Um, yeah. And he'll tell me straight up, he'll be like, hey Raj, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh man, I put my head down. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But it's more like, yes, sir. Yes, sir, and I'll, I'll fix that up 100%. for the next time. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. We are colleagues, but at the same time, I don't, I view him as a coach, so I'm like, hey, Lance, can I, get, can I pick your brain about this? And the best is when we get to travel together and we get stuck on a connection for three, four hours. I get to interview him for like three, <laughs> four hours on
0: stuff. A true gift to have a font of knowledge like Lance Storm as a travel buddy. Speaking of Impact Wrestling and the legacy of Raj's dad, the great Gama Singh, Impact also signed Gama Singh to a contract. Impact formed a stable called the Desi Hit Squad, which included Rahit Raju, Raj Singh, and Bahai Shira, with Gama Singh serving as their manager. This is what Raj had to say about working with his legendary father. It was like when I was in Calgary and Edmonton, we would always have my dad
3: for like special appearances here and oh, there, yeah. or he'd come to the ring for the first little bit, just to basically just watch and give us feedback. Oh, and no. then when he felt like uh, Jinder and I didn't need that, yeah. He was just like, ah, I'm not coming no more. I don't need to be there. <laughs> but then on TV, um, it was great, man. It was it was actually like, uh, that was the best part about it, especially for like my first year and a half before I got hurt. It was great because, I, like, I mean, it sounds, I've said this before on other interviews, where it sounds a little bit morbid when you say it this way, but I'm a realist, so... You never know when your last day with your f- parents or your friends or your family or what a company is. That's so crazy. I was just like, yo, cherish this time. And, like, you know, it wasn't even always about the wrestling and being on stage. A lot of it was the travel and the airports, the eating together, breakfast, lunch and dinner, yeah. going to the Rocky Stairs together, going to uh, a different arena, a different city, checking out monuments. And that's the kind of thing that yeah. made it that much more Stuff you always remember,
0: yeah. How cool is that? That brings a tear to my eye. When Raj Singh is in Calgary, he often wrestles for Dungeon Wrestling, a brand new promotion that was founded by Bret Hart's two sons, Blade and Dallas Hart. The third generation of the Hearts. Dungeon Wrestling's leadership team also features Calgary indie wrestler Mo Jabari, who also wrestles as Kid Chocolate, and was trained by Lance Storm in 2017. This is what Raj had to say about Dungeon Wrestling, which has only run four shows as of this recording.
3: I, I am I am blessed enough to be one of only three guys um, that has been on all of them. So one of four guys that has been on all of them so oh, far. Oh, amazing! So it's cool. Myself, Cutthroat, Chris Knight, uh, Michael Richard Blaze, and uh, Kid Chocolate. So we're the only ones that have been on all of them. Yeah. As of right now, that's a that's a blessing. Um, but they're doing a great job. For anybody that hasn't seen yet, uh, Dungeon Wrestling mm-hmm. is definitely they're definitely bringing that vibe back. Like my my dad and Jerry Morrow, uh they came to the last show and jerry he had no he knew nothing about the business uh, about the the company and i'm like jerry come watch the show just enjoy it go sit in the crowd watch it he yeah. came back to me after he's like this was stampede wrestling he's like this oh, was exactly stampede wrestling
0: dungeon wrestling features a great mix of calgary wrestling talent like raj Singh and kid chocolate in addition to major out of town names like kern's two heart champion as of this recording nick Aldous. In a true mark of honouring the tradition of what came before in Stampede Wrestling, most of the shows Dungeon Wrestling has run have been at the Victoria Pavilion, the venue that was Stampede Wrestling's home base for all those years. This is what Ross Hart
2: had to say. The first show I thought a few months ago was very well received and you know it was was great they had it in the pavilion where they had had the matches for so many years right and the, the building still stands which is amazing right I mean it's one of the few landmark buildings that hasn't been demolished they tore down the corral. And uh, you know, replaced it with a new BMO Center, but but the pavil- pavilion itself is still standing, which is great. So I'm, I'm hoping the Dungeon uh, Wrestling can can take off. We'll see how the next shows go- goes in February. But you know, and, and they they had a good cross section of different stars on there from different promotions. So um, they brought Nick Aldis. I think Nick he's Aldis, Aldis who's like yeah. you want
0: know, an old school wrestler yeah. in a modern context.
2: Yeah, which is great, you know. And then uh, Dynamite Kids uh, nephews were on there, and yeah. uh, the Bali brothers. You know, oh yeah, they're great. They were, they were good. So I'm very excited, you know, about uh, their the next show, and and hopefully um, they they can get launched. It's it's I think tougher now than ever to get established. I mean, the costs are so high, and you're bringing in big names, you're paying them in American money, and you're, you're yep. paying their travel expenses and their hotels, and it's an expensive proposition, and yet, you know, and as much as you want to bring in outside names that have some notoriety, you have to build up your oh, yeah. your local stars, right? And, and you have to get them established. So that's always the tough thing, right? You have to build your promotion around your yeah. local stars. You can't be just oh, yeah. bringing in out-of-town guys all the time.
0: I agree with Ross. For an indie promotion to gain traction, you have to build around the homegrown Calgary and Alberta wrestlers. Bringing an outside talent like a Nick Aldis or a Chris Masters is great for casual fans who remember seeing them on TV. But what you need to build a promotion around are the people who have their roots in Calgary and will be with the promotion for all time. I am hopeful for Dungeon Wrestling success, as well as the continued success for promotions like RCW and Can-Am, as the more successful independent promotions we have in Calgary will help breed the next generation of Calgary's wrestling legacy. Tony Khan, the head of the number two promotion in North America, AEW, or All Elite Wrestling, on a conference call in June... 2022 before their Forbidden Door pay-per-view talked about how they would love to bring an AEW show to Calgary. Here's TK. We would love to go there, and I think that would be a great place for us to go. To be honest, I've been riding AEW Dynamite since I was a kid when I was 12
3: years old for fun, and I think I started doing Rampage in 2011.
0: To explain something here, Tony Khan is talking about how he used to write his own fictional pro-wrestling TV shows on pieces of paper growing up, named Dynamite and Rampage, which are the same names of AEW's two TV shows today, both airing on TSN in Canada, and how he would set these shows in the Saddledome. He might be a billionaire's son, but you can't get more of a true blue wrestling dork than that, which I say as a term of endearment. There, there are many Dynamites in the Saddledome, calgary uh and um many times went to edmonton as well so i uh, i would love in real life to do that as a diehard aew fan and if you're wondering my opinion i think aew is the best pro wrestling promotion in the world today i would love nothing more than to see aew bring a show to calgary and i know the local calgary wrestlers many of whom i talked to for by some poetry would feel the same way Tony Khan likes to book local talent whenever they're in a new city for a TV show like Dynamite. And I would love to see those local wrestlers I see killing it at the RCW in front of 500 fans in the Legion Hall get their moment of glory in the Saddledome, The same venue that housed the number one pay-per-view of 1997 as voted by the Wrestling Observer newsletter readers, July 6, 1997's In Your House Canadian Stampede, which featured the Hart Foundation standing tall at the end of the night. It would not just be the dream of young wrestling dork Tony Khan writing his fictional wrestling shows emanating from the Cell Dome, but most importantly, the dreams of the next generation of Calgary's wrestling legacy. Attention! I have a heart off the presses addendum! Just as we were editing this episode, AEW did in fact announce their first ever Calgary show to happen this July 15th at the Saddle Dome during the Calgary Stampede. AEW are treating this show as a big deal with representatives like John Moxley, Rene Paquette, and Daddy Magic himself, Matt Menard from Quebec, holding a press conference at the Victoria Pavilion, the home of Stampede Wrestling, to announce the event. I know I've got my tickets, and I hope to see you and the next generation of Calgary's wrestling legacy there. Thanks for listening to Body Slam Poetry. This episode was written and produced by Ben Goodman. Assistant producer Sophie Chardon. Edited by Jed Mabaza. And music by Gray Stay tuned for episode four, It's Fake. Additional sources, All Elite Wrestling, Downstate. This initiative is made possible by the Community Radio Fund of Canada.